Gotta practice social distancing So we're all at home And since there's no more fights We're all on our phones And you know it's gotten bad When Wrestlemania Is getting watched by people who shame ya It's ridiculous It's been weeks but for some reason it feels like a month and i'm stronger than this enough is enough no more sitting around with no beat downs i'm so over being blue i don't know about you but i'm so sick of lockdown it feels like years so done with wishing Fights were still here Said I'm so sick of lockdown Time goes so slow And I'm done watching Exotic Joe Gotta change that calendar I have It's marked April 18th Cause since there's no UFC There's no more Tony and Khabib I'm so fed up with my timeline now And the tweets I see And how every post reminds me of what used to be That's the reason I'm so sick of lockdown It feels like years So done with wishing Fights were still here Said I'm so sick of lockdown Time moves so slow So now it's time for me to start the show Welcome to the Fighting With Myself podcast, the podcast for the quarantined MMA fan, hosted by a quarantined man. And I am that man. My name is Juice. Well, guys, today's episode is going to be a little different. Um, I had planned to have a guest on, actually. as a buddy of mine who is a certified ref, an MMA, MMA uh, referee. And uh, we were going to talk about uh, some of the, the finer details of that and... Uh, ask him some questions but uh unfortunately he was actually feeling ill that's just the world we live in so um we're going to reschedule that again uh but in his absence i did want to kind of touch on a few things uh that way when he comes on next week hopefully knock on wood it'll be like a uh sort of a continuation of this um so i've i've often criticized uh, referees in the past um not all of them, or not 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 them in general, um, just certain ones. Whenever there is criticism to be doled out, I've been you know first in line, shall we say, to dole it out. But I've also said, and I stand by this, that it is the hardest job in mixed martial arts, uh, if if not you know tied for the hardest. Maybe maybe judging is also pretty hard, but but those two go hand in hand, and and that's why often the same people are certified as both, um, at least to an extent. And uh, I believe the judges have to take the referee course so they know kind of about positioning and things like that. Um, but it's it's a thankless job because we don't often praise them when they get it right. And part of that is because they don't do interviews. Like they're not really allowed to. Like sometimes they can. Like Mark Goddard doesn't really give a crap about that. He kind of, I don't know, wants to put his opinion everywhere so that people can see it. Obviously, Big John McCarthy is now... Um, not a ref anymore, so he's been doing more interviews, and, and obviously he's a commentator for Bellator now, so uh, you do get to hear from refs, 
somewhat, but not enough. Like when there's, especially when there's a controversial call, um, they don't get to, they don't, they don't get to kind of, um, defend themselves or not, if that makes sense. So, um, that to me is one of the things that I would like to see change. Um, it's, it's just, I don't know, it's needed. It's, it's definitely one of those things where, um, if, if we don't acknowledge there's a problem, it can't get better. And, and, and to be honest, sometimes it may be perceived as a problem with, with certain things. And if they don't defend themselves, then we'll continue to see it as a problem. But maybe it's not. Maybe they have a justification that we just don't see, you know, because sometimes I do give the referees the benefit of the doubt because they are closer than anybody. They are right up on the action. And there are sometimes certain things they can't see from the angle they're at that we can see on camera. But for the most part, or I would say it's probably 50-50 actually, but but the other half of the time, they're right up in it. So if, if they see something where, they, where a guy's still in it or vice versa, um, I'll sometimes give them benefit of the doubt, except when it's egregious, like the Kevin McDonald situation from a few, from a few weeks ago or... Jesus is probably over a month now. The fucking Kutalaba Ankalaev fight. I mean, it's 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 crazy. So um, I, I would definitely like to hear from more of it. I mean, that's why I wanted to get this guy on the podcast to kind of just talk a little bit about um, officiating in general and kind of the process. Um, but I also think, you know, with regards to refs, and this actually has nothing to do with refing, but it, it's sort of... Uh, a talking point around it. Uh, I think we need a ref cam, dude. I guess that that would help a little bit because then we'll know what they see. But it's just it, it's an extra element of production that um, that would just bring a lot to the table. And there's a whole school of thought behind it, or you know, behind reasons why because it's, you don't want to put you know, equipment in danger or things like that. You know, referees sometimes are are caught in the middle of certain things, or you know, it's not like a, a camera that is fitted onto either your glasses or, or uh, headgear or whatever, however they do it. It's not always the highest quality. Uh, I know there are pushbacks and um, there's reasons for those things. Uh, it's just something I would like to see worked out. Like, you know, technology is getting better. It's 2020, goddammit. We need a ref cam. That's it. <laughs> That's it. I'm not taking no for an answer. Um, and not enough of them do point deductions, in my opinion. You know, we need that because in this sport, cheating is rewarded. Quite simply, it is. You're either sometimes pulled out of a bad spot if you cheat, you know, but if they don't reset them in the same spot and they just reset them in the middle, you can be pulled out of a bad spot. Uh, you just get a, a ton of warnings, like way too many warnings. Uh, when in my opinion, your warning is in the back, dude. It's in the back. Not, not to mention experience from, from having done other fights. It's not like the rules change every fight, although that's another issue with the, with the whole unified rules not really being the unified rules, you know, varying state to state. I mean, these are all things that, that seem foolish to talk about right now um, because there's no fights going on. Like, when, when there are fights, we're, we're debating how the commission should handle certain situations and how, how the commissions are corrupt. And now we're like, well, the commission should be shutting down fights and, and, and some are still going on. Like, Florida is still like, well, we don't give a fuck. Like, oh, there's so much wrong in this um, 
current era of, of mixed martial arts we're in, we're in unprecedented times, not just with MMA, with the world, uh, that it's become very clear to me as a, as a world, not just like America, where I'm from, like not just wherever you are, UK, I have a lot of listeners there and in Australia, it's the world. The world was not prepared for this. The world was not prepared for a situation like this where we would have to basically shut everything down, stop business and go, you know, just fucking chill in our houses for a while. And you can tell from my opening, like, I'm not ready for it either. And and I I don't want, want to sound like a hypocrite and I always try to practice what I preach, but I've been losing my fucking mind, y'all. <laughs> like I really have. But I try and take a breath every day and just like, you know what? This is going to save lives. If we, if, we, if we just stay the hell away from each other, stay inside, it's going to save lives. And there's plenty to do. And there's plenty to keep busy with. Um, so I'm not, it's not like I've been going bored, um, but a little stir crazy, you know, I admit. Um, I don't know if I said this last week, but if I did anyway, it bears repeating. You know, my, um, my wife's employer was a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of shutting things down and they basically sent her home with like half pay um like a week or two probably a week and a half it was i think it was a week and a half before my job finally closed down which is basically when all the uh businesses in new jersey that are considered non-essential got shut down and when it when she first got down because already like leading up to that point i was already seeing the writing on the wall i was like this is going to get worse. We need to act now. We can't wait until it's already too late or, or it's already time to shut down. We got to shut down now. But they were like, you know, my, my job was like, tell all the customers we're still open. Make sure they know. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> and I, I would have customers calling like, are you guys providing wipes and gloves? Like, do you, bro, if you need to come in and do, and do if you consider what we we're doing essential to your life, you bring that shit. I don't know, but again, doesn't matter now because we're closed down for the time being. But what I was trying to say was when when my wife first got uh, sent home, I was like, wow, why isn't my job doing this? We need to be following suit. What the fuck? Why am I still going to work and putting myself at risk and others? And then after like a few days. I kind of felt proud. I kind of felt, you know, I'm, I'm doing this for us. I'm sort of, you know, it sounds so uh, like 1950s, but I was like, like the man of the house, like bringing home the bread and like going out there and like, you know, putting myself in harm's way for, for us to still have a living. And then when it finally got shut down, I, I felt a little empty. I did. I felt a little empty because as much as I hated my job, it was a significant part of my life. And it it was something that, again, I had a very mixed feeling about because whilst it was dangerous that we were still remaining open, it gave my life meaning and and it, and it, it, it was essential for my life and my family. So that's a constant struggle with me. So when I when I say I'm going stir crazy, like I I've literally seen a a, a job listing for patient transport at a uh, a hospital, which you don't have to have like you know a medical background to to do. And I'm like, let me do that. I'll do that. 
uh, which is crazy. I should be staying the hell away from the hospital. That's the fucking hotbed of of this whole virus. But that's my uh, that's my anxiety. That's my craziness, wanting to to, to go help and, and and feeling like feeling useless, not doing anything. So when I say the name fighting with myself isn't just a name, it's literal. I mean, I fight with myself all the time about what to do because, um, my, my, my brain, it's like the left brain and the right brain are, are always fighting. And I, and I don't know which does which <laughs> I think the left brain is more creative and the right brain is more logical. I don't know. Um, some n- neurologist or neuroscientist weigh in on that or don't, cause I actually don't want to hear from you, but I'm just kidding. But, um, my, my logical brain says, stay inside. It's for the benefit of humanity. You're going to save lives. Even if, you know, you may be asymptomatic, you may not be showing symptoms. You could be a carrier. You could pass it on. Don't do it. Don't interact with anybody. And then my other brain says, I want to help people. I want to uh, do things for people who can't. Um, you know, I want to help people get groceries, uh, you know, things like that, that, that are essential. I, I want to do that, but then I have to like rein myself in, and and even my wife has to rein me in because she's like, "Babe, you're not gonna fucking put our, us at risk. Stop doing that." <laughs> like, stop thinking those thoughts. I mean, so, so that's where I'm at, and um, I've already talked a little bit about what I'm doing to keep busy, but I think I'm gonna have uh, my wife on the podcast maybe next week or like midweek to do just kind of like a, a, like a little window into our lives, I guess, of like what we're doing, uh, in general, it's a lot of Netflix. It's, it's really is a lot of Netflix and it's made me like, it's made me feel like I need to act again. And I, and I have been, and I've been doing theater, but I haven't actually like theater doesn't pay unless you're like on Broadway. It doesn't act like pay any money. There's not really like a, I mean, there is kind of, there's not like, it's like, like for example, MMA fighters, some in the amateurs they make no money, and then even sometimes in like the early part of their pro career they they don't make money or they they end up losing money because they have to pay their coaches, um, and then like when they get further up, like you know LFA that kind of like the big regional scene, Bellator maybe they get paid decently, and then UFC they make more money. Still not enough, but they make more money. It's not like that. There's not like a scale like that with acting. It's like you make no money or you make a lot of money basically. Uh, it's, it's crazy. So, um, like watching all these shows is maybe be like, like you, I get a little bit of like hubris kind of, I'm like, I I could do that. I fucking am trained to do that. Why don't I do that? Um, so I've been battling a, a lot of that recently. And I guess this is just me rambling because, um, I was meant to have a guest on and, and fill a lot of time. Uh, you guys know throughout the history of the show, I haven't really had guests, just had one, and that is my best friend, Leo, and uh, I wanted to have him back on, actually, at some point, but I also think, like, maybe I should have more, like, this is an opportunity to do more collaborations and things like that, um, and don't um, don't everyone go knocking on my door and signing them in DMs and I want to be on the show, um, because I'll come to you um, if, if I want to do something, but... Uh, there are some people that um, I've mentioned on this podcast before that I want to have on, and uh, I'm going to try and make that happen because uh, we're at the point where it'll be mutually beneficial because they ain't got shit else to do either. <laughs> so uh, let me wrap up here. 
I've rambled enough. Uh, let's take a quick break and uh, I'll share some news. And we're back. Now, before we get into the news, there's something I forgot to mention at the opening um, that I wanted to talk about. And that is, if anyone ever is offended by anything I say or do, or is um, misconstrued in any way, you think um, I may be saying one thing and you want to clarify, please reach out and just uh, just talk to me. I'm an open book. Uh, wear my heart on my sleeve all the time. You guys know that. And uh, I never want anyone to feel uh, hurt by anything I say. Uh, now, that said, when it comes to, like, comedy, you know, the approach that I have is, you know, don't get offended by comedy when it's, when it's you know, intended for that purpose. Because all comedy is going to offend someone. And, you know, that's sort of the purpose of it, it to, to a certain extent. Now... I don't like when people hide behind that and, and when non-comedians, you know, use that as, oh, don't get offended by a joke. Like, bro, you're just some guy online. Like, get the fuck out of here with that shit. But um, that said, when it, in a professional context like this, like doing the podcast, engaging with people, I think that sort of applies to an extent. But uh, if, if you feel it shouldn't, please let me know. Um, so I just wanted to, to just say that, um, you know, I... Uh, I love everyone that supports me and has supported me in the past and will continue to support you in any capacity that I can. And uh, that, uh, that's me off my soapbox then. That's that's that salted, as they say. Um, I, uh, I, did, I only want to talk about one bit of news that uh, came across my timeline. Like, this shit is wild. <laughs> I can't say that I'm surprised, like, but I'm surprised that it came out like i'm surprised that it kind of like hearing it i'm like well that makes sense but the fact that it made news the fact that it actually is happening i'm like this shit is wild let me just read you the headline of this and, and this is this is just one article about it uh, by brian campbell um of uh, cbs sports but there are tons of uh, other art articles about it. i originally read it about it um i think je snowden posted it um there, there was a link to the review journal which is a paper that I used to sell when I worked in Vegas, actually. Funny story. Uh, I mean, that's it, but, you know, I have many funny stories about that. Um, but uh, this, just read this headline. UFC president Dana White named as victim in $200,000 sex tape extortion lawsuit. First of all, if you got, if, if you had an affair with your wife, uh, and someone filmed it, you're not a victim. Okay? Like, w what the fuck? I, I don't know. That, that that just immediately struck me out. And I'm like, and let me read down the statement that's included here from Dana White. He said, I just found out that a bullshit lawsuit was filed against me yesterday, White said in a statement Saturday given to the Review Journal. This guy went to federal prison for trying to extort me over five years ago. Now he's hired a lawyer who is also a convicted felon, and he's trying to extort me again for $10 million. He got no money from me last time, and he won't be getting any money from me this time. I look forward to the court dismissing this quickly so I can get rid of these scumbags forever. This is the most Dana White thing of all time. To be f acting like a, a fucking asshole and, and doing some, some shady shit, then getting extorted from him. And extortion is illegal. So, so to be fair, he's in the right here. He is... Uh, I guess a victim in that sense. He is a victim of that particular crime or, or whatever. 
He's, he's the target of this extortion, which is illegal. But, bro, y- you fucking, you know what you did. You know what you did. I mean, just go go and read these uh, these articles about it. Like, make make sure to check your sources and everything. But it, the the Review Journal one's legit. This Brian Campbell one is legit um, from CBS Sports. I guess it happened in Brazil, <laughs> which is so funny. And um, like, I, again, I shouldn't be surprised. This is the guy who, amidst the global pandemic, is is taking the world's view on said pandemic as personal vendetta against him as a as a challenge for him to continue to do his job and and put people at risk. I mean this is what we're dealing with here. So it, it it's fucking wild. It's it's really just it's wild and and again like it should be not surprising, but it is. It is surprising. It it's surprising that this made news. It's it's surprising that this guy is it's 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 such a fucking magnet for this kind of shit. I don't know. It's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like it's so dumb that I almost don't have anything further to say. Like I'm not gonna sit here and tell anyone how to live their life. I'm not gonna sit here and debate the legality because that's another thing, dude. Let's talk about this for a second, okay? Twitter lawyers, the worst. And I don't mean an actual lawyer who uses Twitter. That's fine. Like there. Are Actually, a few people who are lawyers that listen to my show, and I love you, and then please do your damn thing. But the motherfucking people who are not and and try to claim and try and debate the difference between a felony and a misdemeanor and and all this shit talking about the the John Jones thing and and even with this thing, I don't want to hear anything you have to say. And to be honest, there are some actual lawyers who are on Twitter who kind of fucking... uh, put their business where it shouldn't be with, with fucking shit that I don't want to hear from either. Like I can remember the, when, when the John Jones thing came out, not this most recent one, cause you know, there are several, but the one, uh, where he put hands on a waitress or something. Do you guys remember that? He, he almost like choked the waitress or something like that. That's actually going to come up later on in the podcast. Funny enough. Um, but I, like people were were saying that the the reports were out. This is before he was actually like they they brought it to court or whatever. This is just when there was I, I think there was like some footage of it or something like that, and uh, a lot of people were like, "Well, innocent until proven guilty," and I was like, "Nah, innocent until proven guilty doesn't apply here. Fuck them. We gotta believe. Uh, we gotta believe victims. You know, the whole Me Too thing it's kind of, was kind of my angle. I'm like." oversimplifying it, kind of trying to sound like an idiot, but I'm just trying to make a point here. Um, and this one fucking Twitter lawyer, and I, and I do mean like an actual lawyer who uses Twitter, this one lawyer like came at me and was like, no, this is the very foundation on which our justice system is predicated. And like, we're like, innocent until proven guilty has to apply. I'm like, bro, get the fuck out of here and all your cronies, dude. So that was really a, a, a detour, but uh, let's bring it around to Dana White. It's a terrible human being, okay? And terrible situation. Though. It sounds like, it sounds like the guy extorting him is terrible as well. I'm not, I'm not trying to say he's a good guy that's extorting him. I mean, like Dan said, he went to prison already. But, bro, there are, I mean, on both their sides, there's bigger things at stake here. Like, what? I now view anything that comes across the table with the lens of, of us being in a pandemic. There's nothing that, like, 
there are some things that are related and there's some things that are not related. But to me, it's all related because this is now the world we're living in. So so when this stuff like this comes up, I'm like, can't we think of fucking anything else that's more important? I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. I definitely am crazy. But maybe I'm crazy about this. You let me know. And that uh, ends this rant. So let's now segue neatly into the forum. All right, now enough about me. Let's hear from you. Uh, this first question comes from a man, Dave Fretz. Take it away, Dave. Hey, what's up, Juice? This is Dave Fretz, at Dave Fretz and at Solo Shoes on Twitter and Instagram. Hope that you guys are doing all right, hanging in there. Uh, I'm sick of being stuck inside. But on that note, I got a question for you. I'm wondering what you think is going to change about the sport of mixed martial arts um, after this is all over. How do you think that this all is going to affect the sport? Um, what do you think is going to change about events, about social media surrounding the, the sport, um, the way fighters do things? I don't know. Any aspect you want to pick. Uh, I think it's fascinating to think about how life in general is going to change after this is all done because there's certainly going to be some switches, uh, businesses that will arise, some that will fall. Yeah, just curious. Hope you have a good one, man. Talk to you soon. Wow, this is such a great question. And uh, it's funny, you say fascinating to think how things are going to change after this. I say terrifying. <laughs> but in a way, fascinating is apropos. Um, it, it harkens back to something that I, I came across on Twitter a few weeks ago. I believe it was a uh, Kaposa who shared it, but, and, and it wasn't even like a tweet. I think it was just a reply to someone. Yeah. I think it was, a, it wasn't even a tweet of his, but I just kind of saw it on my timeline. Uh, he said, I can't stop thinking about this. And it was a, a link to an article from MIT saying how people keep saying like, Oh, whenever it gets back to normal, this is the new normal basically basically saying how this is going to affect the way we do business for a very, very long time, if, if, if not indefinitely. And um, I certainly hope not, but I, I can see that happening. Absolutely. Uh, it, it, it's, it's something that, like you said, businesses will fall and, and certain new businesses will arise. New ways of doing business will, uh, will pop up. Uh, I, I believe this to be a sort of changing point in our society and uh, maybe for the good, maybe for, for not, for not uh, that is yet to be seen, but it's, it's certainly an unavoidable truth in my opinion that things are, are going to be changed. Like in it, it there's no normal is what I'm saying. We're not going to go back to normal. Essentially, this is going to change the way we, uh, operate for, for, for years to come. I think with regards to mixed martial arts to just to get back to the subject of your question in this podcast, um, I would hope that it makes matchmaking and just building events in general more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for purposeful because right now, or I should say in, in 2019 and the start of 2020, you know, before this all started, before the outbreak started, we had tons of events week after week after week. 
and it was getting a bit like banquet food. It was getting a bit like a buffet, just sort of like, here's all the options, you know, take what you like, just here, all, all, all of these. And we're oversaturated with events from the UFC, from Bellator, from one, one championship, just ton of events. And a lot of these uh, promotions ha have, especially the UFC and Bellator, uh, have a huge roster and they have obligations to those fighters to give them a certain amount of fights each year, uh, or at least to, to make an attempt to, you know, sometimes they don't have to fulfill that. I mean, certain things and, and all their contracts are different. Like for example, Cyborg, when she was with the UFC and I can only imagine she negotiated a similar deal with Bellator. She did hers by a certain timeline as well. Like you have, I, I have to get six fights by October, 2018 or whatever it was. Like she had a certain deadline on her contract. And, uh, if, if, if that's the case for her, you know, that could certainly be the case for other big fighters. Um, you know, it wouldn't be obviously the, the lower end of the, of the spectrum, but you know, certain things like that. So to me, I would hope that once, and I use the term loosely, go back to normal. Once, once business resumes, let's say, once, once we go back to having events, I would hope that we only put on fights that matter. I hope every fight, or at least most of the fights, had divisional implications. I hope that the rankings get a little bit more tightened up. I know that's very lofty, and I don't um, expect that to happen, but this is a hope. Um, and I, But I do think that, or I guess at least I hope, because at this point we can only speculate, right? So I would speculate and hope that um, they put on events for a reason, you know? Because n now... I think I think we're starting to realize they're risking much more than just their their health, you know, just more more than just their uh, bodies, their overall well-being. It's it's others as well, put, putting other people at risk to 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 put on events in this time. So, not to say that oh we're just going to keep keep having pandemic after pandemic. Like the new disease is going to come up, the new virus is going to come up. But I, I would hope that it makes us take a step back and, and look at how we do things and, and look at the fact that we're not as maybe hygienic as we used to be or, or need to be rather. I mean, I was having a, a talk about this with my grandfather-in-law and he was like, you know, years and years of technological advances. And you know what they say is the best way to, to prevent this? Wash your hands. And I'm like, dude, you nailed it. Wash your hands. You know, there, there, there's been a there's been a lot of people saying since since this happened, saying, "Wow, I'm just finding out that people didn't wash their hands enough." It's like, yeah, it's not that we never wash our hands ever, but bro, I'm washing my hands after I touch anything, not literally, but go out the door just to get the mail, come back, wash my hands, get something from my car, come back, wash my hands, take a breath of fresh air, come back, wash my hands. You know, I'm washing my hands after everything. So, yeah, this is going to affect the way we, we live for a long, long time. You know, th this isn't just going to go away. It's not gonna, There's not going to be some big announcement in, in a couple weeks where, you know, Trump or, or Boris or whoever your leader is uh, are going to say, Okay, guys, guess what? It's over. I saved the day. Hey, we beat this thing. Let's, let's go back to being dirty assholes. Nope. 
it is going to be a slow, gradual process or just, I mean, hopefully the, the, the numbers are going to go down. The, the rate is going to go down and eventually people are going to say, oh yeah, there haven't been any confirmed cases in, in a good amount of time. Maybe we're okay. But by that point, it will be so ingrained into how we operate. You know, I'm, I'm going to be fucking suspect of everything now, dude. Well, at least for for a while. It's all you're kind of breaking my brain, Dave. And I know in some ways I impose it on myself because I'm I'm trying to take it larger than, than mixed martial arts. But um, I, I guess just a final thought on this. Uh, I I, w- I would hope that we just get a little more structure with it, because because right now MMA uh, doesn't have an off season. You know, there's there's certain things that. And I like that about it. I would like that to, to, to stay. But maybe we don't need an event every week, huh? You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, I'm a believer in that. Like, you can't tell me that whatever card they put on, if they somehow pull off some version of 249, which isn't really, should be called 249, it's going to be an amalgamation of whatever the fuck, you will watch it. And I will watch it. I'm not saying I won't. But we'll watch it and we will we will relish in it. They could put the fucking main event as uh, Elon Kutalaba versus Magomed Ankalaev 2. Like, hey, remember this 57-second fight from a few months ago where the goddamn ref broke it up after the guy was playing possum? Oh, yeah, and before that, he charged his opponent across the cage when the fight hadn't even started? Remember that? This is your main event. We're going to be like, yeah, so I can't wait. I mean, this is what they're doing to us. And rightfully so. Again, we should not be fucking holding events at this time. But whatever is the next big fight that comes out of this, it better be good. Because regardless of it's not, we're going to treat it like that. And I don't want to seem like a junkie, dude. I don't want to seem like a guy who's like, yes, give give me uh, some random Russian fuck on the undercard versus uh, debutante uh, on, on a main card. I'm not going to be like, oh yeah, please let me watch that. Come on. Thanks, Dave. Go follow Dave. Uh, he said it, Dave Fretz, but it's F-R-E-T-Z. And uh, Solo Shoes is S-O-L-E-L-O-W, Shoes. Great guy. Shoes might be with a Z, I'm not sure. Try both. Anyway, figure it out. Yo, Jews. Let's type on my photo here. This quarantine, it's not for me. Truly isn't. I just said the days are running together. Going mad in the house. But I understand why. And it's better we all stay safe, safe, try to keep healthy, other than spreading it like maniacs to everybody in the continental United States. As for a question, I'm sure I should have had one ready. Um, okay. What is the first thing you're going to do when the quarantine is over. Peace. Great question. Love this guy. Go follow him. It's at Old Street Kicks, O-L-S-T Kicks. And um, it's it's funny because in, in, in a way, 
I can't answer that question without acknowledging the way I answered Dave Fretz's question. Uh, and maybe if, if, if I didn't just have that rant and it wasn't fresh in my mind, I, I might not have this thought, but to me, like I said, when, when it's all over, uh, it's not going to be like schools out for the summer where they say, okay, we're done now. And everyone rushes outside and does a fucking party dance. Like I'm going to be stepping out of my door cautiously for a while. Um, but, but I will say when, when, when everything is quote unquote over, if, if we can, you know, if we get to a point where we can go into public places without risking exposure, um, the first thing I'm going to do is probably like go to the cheesecake factory or some restaurant that I really love and haven't been to and don't want, want to get takeout from because I don't trust what they're doing. Uh, and also it's too far. Um, but I also, uh, you know, I was really bummed out when my play got postponed due to the coronavirus. And again, I was, you know, th th there were a few, like our last few rehearsals before, like we finally got shut down, I guess you could say. Um, there were a few rehearsals where I was like, should we even be here? God, like, and, and, and someone in the, in the cast was sick and I don't think they had the virus, but I was like, we don't know. Like, what the fuck is going on here? So there was a point where I, I, I wanted to, to, to stop. But then once we did, I'm like, shit, I'm bummed. We may never get to perform this or at least for, for a long time. So I'll be looking forward to that getting back on its feet again when all this is quote unquote over. Um, but, all, but also it's, it's, it's going to suck because, um, so the play that I was, uh, in is with a, a company that I've never performed with before. And my usual company that I perform with is going to want to get into rehearsals for their spring show, uh, which is supposed to go up in June that I'm supposed to be a part of or want to be a part of anyway. And, um, I might have to either juggle both or pick one and I'm not looking forward to that. Um, because while the, the the spring play from my old company is a Shakespeare play, and that's my bread and butter, um, the play that I'm in, Importance of Being Earnest, Oscar Wilde, is my fucking favorite thing in the world right now. Like, doing that has brought so much joy to my life. That's why I put a, a clip of, of me doing it, and I tagged uh, Laura Benanti, um, who, who did started the Sunshine Songs thing and uh got seen by a producer that was pretty fucking cool um but like it, because it enriches my life and uh i'm gonna be i'm gonna be looking to do more life enriching things i guess to answer your question and i've been trying to do that now but i also was just having having this talk with um kgb like sometimes we get these plans and ideas like oh wow we have time now let's uh Let's do this. Let's, um, you know, I want to learn ukulele. I want to uh, practice my Spanish more. I want to read the Harry Potter series in Spanish. And then I get around to it or, or, or find the time and the panic still sets in. I, st I you know, I still have a, an imposter syndrome. And then I think about what else is going on. I'm like, is that really important? Let me just distract myself and watch some Netflix. Like this, it, it still happens. I still have those, those normal anxieties that happen. So it, it's hard. Oh, that's a really fucking introspective episode. I'm not liking it. <laughs> Just kidding. You know I roll. What's up, Juice? It's your boy. I say do a lot. And I don't have any questions for you. I don't even know if you're doing the show this week. Haven't been on the Twitters much. Broke my phone. 
in the midst of the quarantine. Um, don't do that. And don't try to fix your own iPhone either. It's no good for anyone. It's terrible. But, uh, yeah, mostly just wanted to check in and see how everybody's doing. Um, I'm trying to think of a question that's not about thirsty fight chicks or Khabib trying to get over from Russia. Um, I don't know. At this point, I just like to see Gilbert Burns just fight anybody. <laughs> uh, hope everybody's doing good, man. Stay inside. Like, flatten the curve. Take care, Juice. Love this. Dude, none of you guys have an excuse to not send in a question anymore. This motherfucker's not on Twitter because his phone is broke. He's like, I don't even know if you're doing a show, but I'm going to send one in anyway. Look at that. I uh, love that guy. Go follow I Say Dude a lot. Or, well, no, still do because obviously he's going to eventually get back. But uh, that's funny. It's funny. Much love to you. Hey, what's going on, Juice? Hello to everyone out in MMA Twitter land. It's MMA by Milliken. All right, so my question is, if by some stretch of imagination we do in fact get Habib versus Ferguson, what is your ideal co-main and third and fourth fight for the main card? All right. That's my question. Everyone take care. Stay safe. Stay positive. Fuck yeah, dude. This is great. Um, and it's it's so fun. Before I answer the question, I, I do want to say something that has been weighing on my mind. People have been talking about... Uh, like, the UFC has been scrambling to find an opponent for Tony because Khabib is in Russia and can't make the card. You know, wherever they have it. Although, I, before I logged in, I saw a tweet from Chisanga Malata saying that Belarus has offered to host it. They have an arena that holds 15,000. You fucking dolts in Belarus. I mean, what? Bro. What the fuck? I don't know. That that's beside the point. But there have been people who who are for a the fucking the disrespect to Tony on the timeline has been infuriating. People are saying apparently now oh he's gonna get knocked out by all the lightweight division. Oh oh apparently Tony's a journeyman now. Huh? Apparently twelve five win streak ain't shit. Wow, people are so stupid. Like wow, are you kidding me? But besides that, in my opinion, they should not be trying to find an opponent for Tony. If you want to have an event and make another fight, have Woodley and Covington. They're they've been fucking nipping at each other's heels for like two years, and they both seem to be ready to fight. So I don't know. I don't know what the hell's going on, but uh, Tony deserves that fight. And if he can't fight Habib, he should not be fighting uh, a replacement. Like that's it. That's it. And and, and the talk of stripping Habib. Like, in my opinion, that would be the only way that I would want Tony to fight any, anyone else if it was for the real belt. But I don't want that to happen. I'm not advocating for, for Khabib to be stripped. That's that's wacky. Like, this has really been scrambling people's brains, I've, I've discovered. Like, the, the, the takes I'm seeing on the timeline, the, 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 the people who are clearly, like, acting like junkies, like, no, they need to figure it out. They need, I need my fights. I need you to put Khabib against somebody. I need you to put Tony against somebody. Get the fuck off my timeline, dude. Uh, your question. <laughs> okay. 
First of all, uh, check out MMA by Milliken. He just started a, a podcast. It's uh, it's good shit. Uh, and uh, keep doing your thing, brother. But uh, your question. So my ideal uh, co-main in, in third third and fourth fight, I was really looking forward to, to Rose Namajunas and Jessica Andrade 2. Uh, I thought that was uh, an incredible uh, fight because Rose was piecing Jessica up the first fight. I don't care what anyone says. And uh, I'm not going to say she got lucky with this land because that, she was looking for that the whole time and she executed it. So I'm not saying it was lucky, but it definitely was not going her way until that. It's like MMA is a sport where you're losing until you're not. Kind of a thing. And she was definitely losing. So uh, I really wanted to see that one run back, basically since it happened. Um, and if 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 we're not going to do that fight, like if, if if that's not the co-main, it should be the third fight is what I'm going to say. And um, the only reason I would want it to be replaced as co-main is if you were going to do Poirier Hooker on the same card. Uh, now, that fight is scheduled to headline UFC San Diego, but that card, I, I'm pretty sure at the moment they're saying it's scrapped. I think either they don't know or they're like 99% certain like, hey, we're not going to be done. Why? So, so why have these people train? Like it's sort of, you know they're doing it they're wasting their efforts by training basically is what i'm trying to say so so they're kind of like saying well that that fight's not going to happen however if if they're able to cobble together Khabib tony and and poirier and hooker are ready like have that be the the co-main so it can be sort of a lightweight tournament like if dan hooker beats poirier and, and there's some of them that, that think he's not shit and that that's fine or they think he is shit they think he's not uh, hot shit or whatever they think he's he's not a good fighter he could beat Poirier so l l let's not let's not beat around the bush on that and I'm a big Poirier fan I like Poirier but um to say that Hooker is not going to beat him at all that's crazy like th there's a possibility of that happening that's a really close fight in my opinion but um what I was going to say is um if if Hooker gets on the mic and then says I want Tony next or I want Khabib next that shit is fire so I would want that to happen. And other than that, um, another fight that would like to be on there, and this is sort of a selfish thing because this is another fight that I think it was... I can never remember because they moved it back and forth. I can never remember if it was meant to be on UFC Portland or the Nebraska card. I think it was Portland. Like It was originally reported in Nebraska, the April 25th card, I think, and then it was moved to Portland, the April 11th card, which I just realized should be coming up. I should be talking about that right now. <laughs> But um, I would like to see Muslim Salikov versus Nico Price. You guys know, or you may not know, and if you don't, I'm going to tell you right now, I am the biggest Muslim Salikov fan on the planet, and I will not be fielding questions about that. I fucking love that guy. Every time he fights, I'm like, yeah, dude, bring the violence, and he always does. And some of you guys love Nico Price. I love him too, but for me... I, someone's getting knocked out of that fight. Like that fight is pure violence, and I need I need it in my life. So that would be my other fight. Uh, thanks, thanks, Milliken. That was that was the shit. Hey there, Juice. Fighting with myself. It's Smokey J here from Australia. 
um, with the fucking things that Habib's been saying, the backwards and forwards, like, it's pretty safe to say the fucking UFC 249's gone. So, um, realistically, what's the first card do you think that we're seeing? Like, any of the cards at the moment, do you think they're going to remain intact? And also, do you think that fucking Dana White could pull off something like what Vince did with WrestleMania 36, like filming it in split locations and stuff like that? Um, trying to keep the live aspect, obviously, but no fucking Boneyard matches in the UFC. Um, do you think that could get pulled off? That's all. Bye. <clears throat> this is great. Uh, first of all, go follow Smokey J. He's the man. But you already knew that. If you're listening to me, you probably already knew that. Uh, and Dana has been taking cues from Vince McMahon for years. I mean, they literally said it. And for all, for all you guys that said that wrestling and animation never makes or that it has nothing to do with one another, when Dana White and the Fertitas bought the UFC, they took a look at every sporting organization basically in the world from down to each team, down to you know each individual sport like football, basketball, hockey, baseball, etc., boxing even and the one that they thought was most uh, apropos for their business the one that they would want to maul themselves after is the wwe that's why the way mma is run is very similar to the way pro wrestling is run and you can't tell me any differently and whilst there's been some tension because vince has seen dana as a threat i think they sort of calmed down you know in recent years and they realized that they can kind of work harmoniously and uh, I think Dana would uh, would would love to do what Vince did. I think he probably kicks himself for for not doing it first, you know. Um, and as far as the the, so so I think yes to answer your question, yes I think that could happen. Um, I don't know that I would like it to happen this soon. I think I would like for it to happen, you know. I don't know, like in a month or so like give it time and let's not rush it last minute let, like let's give it time but um I, I do think that could happen and as far as the cards that are that were already scheduled i think ufc san diego is kind of the furthest we went as far as maybe some semblance of a, of a full card or close to it um like there were fights announced for like uh what is it ufc 251 uh, and and 250 obviously 251 is the uh the one that was meant to be in perth uh that volkanovsky was going to defend his title on even though his opponent was yet to be named um and then valentina was going to fight jojo but, but then um one of them is has been injured so so that's out regardless so at this point what i think they should do because all the people that were booked on those cards like they may not have had a full card for some of them, so so we may not have the same amount of cards. But but take the fighters that were um, that were booked, put put them together like it's a big deck, and kind of reshuffle the deck, and then stack it more. Uh, I want to say correctly, but but in a more methodical way to have the the cards laid out. Maybe even do two, two a week, like one on a Wednesday, so that you kind of make up for lost time. Uh, maybe put one in the apex once you know Nevada obviously opens up their uh, restrictions against that. Um, put put one in the apex and one in uh, like some random venue as well. Or as you're saying, maybe maybe do several on the same night and and do kind of that. But um, the difference is Vince is putting on a TV show, basically. When when it boils down to it. 
there are certain medicals and stuff that they have to do, I believe, and, and they, they do do drug testing. It's very similar to USADA, even though it's not USADA, but it's, it's sort of a similar stringent policy. Um, my, well, not opinion, but as far as I know, they don't have to be regulated by a commission, like a government body, and Dana does, the UFC does, MMA does. So that could be a, a cog in the wheel or what the fuck, that's a good thing, whatever. It could be something jamming the wheel. Whatever that is, that that could be a, a hurdle that that may not be able to overcome. So the commission still have to get on board for that to happen. But yeah, I do think he was inspired by that, or or maybe uh, annoyed that he can't do it. I decided to revisit my last question a few seconds later. Um, fucking set me up a boneyard match in the UFC, man. Who have you got in it, and how does it go down? Like, where? Like, fucking give me that shit, man. That's all. Bye. Okay, this was a fucking great question. And so, I saw, like, you guys know, or I've said before, I'm a, I'm a casual wrestling fan. Uh, I did not watch WrestleMania. Even though uh, everyone was chomping into bit and needing some some semblance of like a sporting activity in their life, I did not watch it. Um, but I did watch the replay of uh, of last year's WrestleMania um, the other night just because it was on USA, and uh, I fucking love Becky Lynch. Like that's all I say is, is I, I love Becky Lynch. Um, but I'm more of an NXT guy, so I wasn't like, oh yeah, WrestleMania, woo. Um, but uh, I did look at Boneyard match, and I thought that was like uh, a thing. But all the all, all the reports I was seeing were saying that it's not usually a thing, and that it was something that they did with the Undertaker and AJ Styles as a new thing. And I was like, "Whoa, okay." And so it literally took place in a like a foggy graveyard, and it was more like theater than anything, but still sort of a match. And uh, from the clip I saw, it looked pretty badass. And so if they were going to do something like that, so I think it was called a boneyard match because of the fact that it was in a graveyard, but the idea of it doesn't have to take place in a, in a graveyard. At least that's how I'm interpreting your question, how I'm interpreting the match. And I thought of a bar fight. I thought of fucking Mike Perry, uh, that video where him knocking some dude out. And I thought, you know what, Mike Perry, like if you're going to do MMA in a non-setting, it needs to be in a bar. You need to have a fucking bar fight. And that's that's what I want to see. I want to see Mike Perry. And I was thinking about an opponent for Mike Perry. And I, at first I thought Ponzinibbio. Because that motherfucker is wild with the eye pokes and, and all the... He's a dirty fighter. I don't care what anyone says. He's a dirty fighter. Um, But uh, they already fought. And it didn't go Mike Perry's way. Not that I'm trying to set up a, like a fucking squash match for Mike Perry. But uh, I don't want to see him beat, beat the fuck up again. Um, I just don't. Um. I mean, sometimes it does bring me joy. I'm not gonna lie, because <laughs> sometimes he's an idiot. But I also like like when Mike Perry is in a good fight where he comes on top of a war, like that's the shit I do like. I don't know. It's just it's just fucking incredible. But um, I thought about maybe Li Jingliang, but he just fought, um, and he's another dirty fighter. But then I thought about you know what? Let's go a different direction. Let's do Mike Perry versus Sage Northcutt. And this is where 
they would have to embrace the whole theater aspect of it. They would have to embrace the fact that it's a it's a weird situation in a bar. They would have to make it sort of a story where fucking Mike Perry is just like terrorizing some waitress or whatever, uh, or or the bartender, and he's just drug making a scene. And Sage North comes in white knighting and is like, "Hey, get your hands off of that one!" You know what I mean? And then they start going to war. <laughs> and Mike Perry like says something stupid, and Sage North is like, "I'm not gonna let you get away with that." And, so things like gosh darn or something like that would just be, oh, I need that in my life. Mike Perry versus Sage Northcutt in a bar. Book it. Love that. Every single day, I am accused of hating fighters from John Jones to Habib to Jorge Masvidal. The list goes on and on and on because I don't blindly follow what they do. Here's my question for you. What are some fighters that people think that you hate, but you really do not? This is a great question. This is from Kairos, by the way. Kairos MMA. Go give him a follow. Not only check out his YouTube channel, um, just his timeline is great. And he also makes contributions to the WoCast, which I enjoy. Um, and it's funny because his, uh, in a recent episode, I think this was last week, although the, the days are bleeding into each other, so I don't know when, he had a whole rant about... Um, People think he hates Khabib and John Jones, and he said a lot of like really positive things about them, and that was awesome. But that's not me. <laughs> it's funny. Like Kairos and I have have uh, we we agree on a lot of things. Like I fucking love this guy, but we also uh, have an inherent disagreement on our philosophy on 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 the way we think about fighters and and where we kind of pick our favorites and things like that. And so when it comes to to this question, Kairos, it's hard for me to answer because I wear my heart on my sleeve. If I don't like a fighter, I turn the volume up on that because I'm like, I'm like a pro wrestling fan. And like, if you're like a a heel or if you're an asshole that I I think like is whatever, I love that. I'm like, you fucking piece of shit. I want to see you get your ass beat. So when you say like people think I hate, I'm like, yeah, that's me. However, there are two that come to mind and that is because like when certain fighters uh, go against each other, I think you have to draw a line in the sand. You have to be like, I'm on this side or I'm on that side. You can't be in the middle. You can't be like, oh, I just want to feel good fight or I just want to see the best man win or the best woman win. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. You got to pick a side. And that was very much me. And you guys know this already if you listen every week. That was very much me in the Izzy versus Romero fight. So there are a lot of people who think I hate Romero. And so, and sometimes some, some of the shit he does like gets on my nerves. But um, I actually love watching him fight. Um, I was just like, you know, very anti. Well, I'm very anti him now because of his the way he carried himself in the post-fight interview and the press conference after the Izzy fight. After standing like a statue for the first 90 seconds. Fuck out of here. Um, with that, but before that, like he makes me laugh, dude. Like Yoel's, uh, like he's funny and he is like uh, uh, an ex- just a phenomenal athlete and just explosive as hell and fun to watch. So I love me some Yoel Romero, usually. Um, so, but I, I had to be like, you know, people think I, I hate Romero because of the way I was acting in the Izzy fight because I'm insufferable, dude. It's my brand. I don't care. Um, but also another thing is um, Khabib uh, because uh, some some of Khabib fans annoy me and some of the shit they say is just so wild that sometimes i'm like whoa 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 you, you can't do that and also because i really really like tony ferguson and so when, when whenever like this the question comes up i'm like oh tony's gonna submit him tony's gonna fucking hit him with elbows tony's gonna stop him he's gonna first gotta stop could be not only just the first person to beat him like i go hard and i know it sounds a little bit goddamn ridiculous but it's not because i hate Khabib, it's just because i love tony so 
whilst I don't agree with uh, a lot of the things Khabib says, like women should be in the kitchen and all this other shit and say you should, you know, if you want to be an MMA fighter, you should finish your husband instead. Like, what the fuck was that? People forget about that. But uh, I also think he's uh, a dominant force and um, should be respected. So, yeah, I, I guess people misconstrue me for a Khabib hater. But for the most part, I don't get misconstrued as a hater. I am a hater. I'll let you know. I've literally listed on this podcast and on, on Twitter of, of fighters that I hate. And I use the, I use the hate, like, lightly. And the people that say, well, hate is a strong word. I would say dislike. Like, come on, dude. No one's actually saying I hate. Like, I'm just, like, I'm hating on them. Like, fucking Macy Barber, Paulo Costa, Luke Rocco. Like, I, I could sit here for four hours and go on about it. You know, these, these are people that I hate. And I say that all the time. So, <laughs> to be honest, like, and, and when Cairo does this, whenever he, like, feels attacked and he gets on the tower and he makes these videos it's my favorite thing on twitter so i love i love it but also that's not me because i i never get misconstrued well just for just for the izzy stuff and 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 the habib stuff like i will defend izzy to the death because there, there are people that hate him and i'm like y'all are fucking disgusting the people that hate him so the, so that's me that's who i am great question love kairos all right, that uh, brings me to my next question. This is from, well, I'll let him introduce himself. Hey, Juice, MMA Catfish here. You know, I've gone full circle on if we should allow fights to continue. Initially, I said to myself, hey, as long as they want to and they're being safe, let's let them. But we already saw a boxer, I believe, in the UK who fought and tested positive. So... We clearly can't trust people. And let's face it, let's just be honest, we're talking about a group of people who make risky decisions. Fighting people in a cage itself is a risky decision. Gyms can't even keep basic skin diseases out of their gym. All they have to do is clean the mats, but they can't manage to keep ringworm and staff away. So can we really expect people not to train with, pass around, or fight with the Rona? We all know if Tony had the Rona, he letting that hold him back. He'd be like, oh, Rona, I'm super tough. Fuck you. Oh, I'm fighting Habib anyways. So I'm not going to watch fights. Thankfully, Tony and Habib is off. So that's the only fight that might have, like, I really wanted to see and would have tested me. Other fights, I'm just not even interested. It's not a problem. I haven't been watching. What I found really interesting was how many people that don't think MMA should happen we're apparently super into WrestleMania. Again, you're talking about a subset of very risk-taking people. Look at what they do for a living. People who are also well-known to suffer from drug and alcohol abuse because of how horrible and physical demanding their job is and the schedule, as well as suffer from mental issues. Again, possibly because of those things, possibly because of the schedule, all of those things combined. Like, how in the world are people against Dana in MMA and super into WrestleMania. This makes no sense to me. This is a great question, um, MMA Catfish. I don't know if I should say your name because you used to be on Twitter with your real name. I don't know. But uh, go follow this guy. Uh, you know, it's 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 hard. And I agree with like 99% of what, what you said, maybe, maybe 95, depending if we're going to split it up. But for the most part, like, yeah, you're opening what you said about coming full circle on it. Yeah, like that's me. I 100% agree with you. Like 
shut it down. You know what I mean? Like, just let's stop the world right now. This is unprecedented times. They require unprecedented actions. So, a little bit, figure it out. Like, don't, or, or don't figure it out. It would depend on how you take that. Like, <laughs> you know? So, Jesus. But I want to say this also. The WrestleMania thing. So, I touched upon that a little bit in my um, my intro. It was so funny seeing everyone watching it uh, that normally, like, shits on pro wrestling. Or, or just, like, the, if they don't shit on it, they don't ever talk about it. They're like a closet wrestling fan, if you could even say that. Um, but I understand it to an extent and it's funny. So the whole idea, and and this is probably the part I don't agree with. is just the very tail end about it. WrestleMania, because, um, whilst it is a little bit risky, I mean, just about as risky as anything else, it's more controlled than MMA because first of all, in an MMA fight, you're almost guaranteed to bleed. And you're almost guaranteed to get that blood on each other. And that's how shit transfers. So, what the fuck? Not only that, there are required cornermen, referees, uh, judges, cameramen. Like, there's so many things that you can't eliminate that you are that are easier to eliminate in pro wrestling. Because the cameramen are further away already. Um, like, they're not posted ringside, or at least not all of them. So they can already eliminate that. And I know that every single step of every match isn't choreographed, but you can make it that way. And you can you can control the flow of the match and where it goes. And they know that they can protect each other. So it's, it's in my opinion, less risky than doing MMA. So I'm not like as up in arms. Like, a, you know, I'm not saying, hey, Vince, shut it down. Because Vince's going to vent anyway. I mean, let's, let's face it. He's, he's a fucking... The most fucking Omega fucking person uh, of all time, but uh, it, it it's one of those things where I get it, but I'm kind of with you. Like I'm a little bit baffled as well. Like I was like, "Oh really? Look who's watching pro wrestling now! Look who's look who's watching uh." Pro wrestling now as an adult who who before had said that it was just for kids. Look who's watching now. It was interesting peeping the timeline. I will say that. I hope it brings new fans. I hope that people watch it and go, well, maybe this thing I was shitting on isn't so bad after all. But also keep in mind, if you are watching, it's not normally like that. They did different matches. They did different things. And this is just only from like hearing reports and things uh, and then little clips. But I know it's they're they're not doing things as usual it's not business as usual you know they are having different kind of matches so hey juice it is gina g-spot mma making her voice debut on the show i'm so excited bro and i love you and i love the podcast but let me get to the question what the fuck do you think about Paige Van Zandt's naked fucking ass and her husband all over the place on, on MMA Twitter, on IG, her stupid phone number, her titties out? I'm just like sick of it, bro. Tell me exactly how you feel about it. Am I being a drama queen? Am I being a hater? I, I'm, You know, I can be a hater. And 
is it too much? Is it just me? Or is this normal for fighters to kind of go out here and try to make a, a, you know, a dollar or two on the side? But quite honestly, I signed up for MMA, Juice. I signed up to see two people get in a cage and bang. Not fucking a couple get naked, show their ass, post odd photos, and then throw it in the mix of mixed martial arts. Like, what the fuck is this? What are your thoughts on her naked ass? Approve, disapprove, like it, whacking off. What do you think? Talk to me, Juice, and I love you. <laughs> this is great. G brought the heat. Uh, that, we went hard on Paige for a while. Uh, that's funny. Uh, first of all, check out the WoCast with her and Michael Morgan. They do a great job, and uh, the content is always fire. And they are, you know, like myself, uh, keeping a consistent schedule and trucking on in these in these times where we have no fights and they're doing different things. They always bring the great interviews with with fighters. Did a, a great little trivia challenge with Larone Murphy and um, Nathaniel Wood. And I know I'm not a fighter, Mike, but I want in. I want in, dude. I'm I'm, I'm the trivia champ already, so gotta defend my belt. Um, right, I was listening. Like, no, you're not. It's me. Anyway, um, so shout out to G, and I love you too. And this is a great question. So it 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 bears being addressed, right? So it's not. I don't feel as strongly as G. Uh, I'm not sitting here saying like, shut this shit down. Stop it, Paige. What are you doing? Uh, But it's not something where I'm like, I'm not the target audience for that. Uh, I'm not thirsting after Paige. I'm a married man. I don't look at that and I I don't go, oh, wow, Paige, keep doing more, please. Let me sign up. Let Let me text you. No, that's not me. But I do look at it as her using all the tools she has to, uh, I don't know, market herself or, or create a business and do things. So I don't begrudge her for that. But with what she said about everyone putting it everywhere, like that's the thing. She can post that. The husband, he can post that. But for people to just to keep sharing it and and, t- and not, I'm not just saying like retweeting. I'm saying like taking the picture and making a whole separate post about it. Like that's, that's sharing it. That's putting it more throughout the timeline. So people like that, are, are are sort of perpetuating it and, and it's kind of like something i don't necessarily want to see on my timeline like when when people on uh mma twitter like just retweet porn or just share like random ass like weird videos and and have a, a shitty take on them like a certain uh account i know that I've, I've blocked and continues to be salty about i block them dude or hit turn off retweets if they're just retweeting it but if you're making your own post you get them blocked or at the very least unfollowed and muted because nobody wants to see that but uh, I will say, and I, I sent I sent a question about this to to their podcast to kind of tear uh, both sides of it and to play devil's advocate because I I don't mind it. But again, I'm not the target audience. I'm, I'm not saying I am here for it. I'm not a fan zan as they like to say. Um, but I'm I'm the kind of person I never hated Paige. A lot of people think that she's like uh, just being given these spots because of her looks and like like that's that, blame the USC for that. Blame the UFC for that. Don't don't hate on her for for using the tools that she has, and don't think that she's not, I don't know, worthy of your fandom for some reason. I mean, I'm, again, I'm not like a super fan, but like some things I like about Paige, like the fact that she speaks up against bullying, which is something that I'm very very uh, for to, to speak against it, <laughs> and I'm for bullying. I'm very much for anti-bullying. Um, so things like that. 
uh, really, really mean a lot to me. And, and when Paige speaks about those things, you can tell it's genuine. And uh, I like that about her. So I've never hated on Paige. Uh, the shit with the husband is weird. It's really weird. And, and f- first of all, aside from that, it's corny. Like <laughs> the, the stuff that they're doing is corny as fuck. And I made a tweet about it. I, I said, um, wow, the UFC, <laughs> the UFC doesn't really pay their fighters enough because Paige and her man can't even afford clothes. <laughs> Obviously, I was joking. Some some people took it seriously, and and those people were uh, absolutely out of their mind. But to answer your question, G, I don't hate it. And it's funny that you said I signed up for two people to get in the cage and bang. But you're talking about titties and ass out. Like using the word bang in that contest is so funny to me, uh, because I was whenever I hear someone say like, "Come on, stand and bang," I always think, "Why are we using this word for um, two people slugging it out?" But it, it's funny to me. And yeah. Uh, I signed up for that just just as you said like that's the content I'm here for is is fighting but I'm also here for fighters using their own personality and things like that to market themselves and that's one of the things I love about MMA uh but again circle back it's corny like the stuff they're doing with like baking and like he's got flour all over himself and they have like a tiger parasol covering but like what are you doing and then they're watering the garden he's like covering his dick with the hose like get out of here dude <laughs> it's it's funny but like but more power to them if if they want to keep doing that if if they think obviously it's working like if they did one and and it didn't get enough likes or whatever they wouldn't be doing more so obviously it's working for for whatever they wanted to accomplish they're they're accomplishing it i don't know so i'm torn about it like i could i could diatribe about this for a while because it's like i'm all about openness i'm all about you know not body shaming. I'm all I'm all about body positivity and things like that. But I, I ain't trying to see ass and titties all over the timeline as well. Like I'm here for MMA, like you said. It's crazy. Shit is crazy. Absolutely crazy. I recorded that, by the way. Uh if you guys don't follow me uh on Twitter, um like the 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 personal one, you might have missed uh this meme I used to spam a lot. I did it first as a reply to it was either Chelsea or Delilah, because I think they were both in the conversation. The the girl, the ladies at TKO podcast. Shout out to them, by the way. Great show that I've been enjoying, and they're also keeping up the content. Um, but uh, they were talking about something going on with a certain fighter, and I was like, I made a video, and I was like, this shit is crazy. It's absolutely crazy, and I was being so serious. But they laughed so hard, and then I started dropping it on everybody, and it became a thing. But uh, yeah, that that's how I feel, G. All right, so this is actually, that's it for the voice questions. If you want to join the conversation, you can follow me uh, on FWM underscore pod. And I I post the link with the question to send in a voice question uh, as part of the forum post, which we'll get to in a bit. Or you can also, if you want to record it on your own and not have to do with the time constraints as G did and MMA Catfish did, you can record it on your own and email it to fightingwithmyselfpod at gmail.com. Uh, so this this question was sent to me from uh, The Raging Sweet Potato. And I don't uh, shout this guy out enough on the podcast because his, his questions are always thoughtful and they're always unique. Uh, a lot of times people send in questions that are either like, sort of a duplicate of someone else's question or just like a, a different angle on the same topic. And he rarely, if ever, does that. It's always unique. And uh, his tweets are much appreciated. He brings a, a certain flavor to the timeline that I enjoy. And uh, even though he may be mad at me right now, 
uh, I'm not going to stop being a fan of his because he's a good guy. So go follow him at rage underscore potato underscore 902. So he sent this question late last week and uh, I missed it. Well, because it was late, because I was already recording. And um, I, I decided to, to put it in this week, which I always do. He says, who would play John Jones in his biopic? Further to that, what kind of a biopic is it? Is it a fourth wall breaking, like when someone breaks the fourth wall, they, like, they look at the camera, address the audience. Is it a fourth wall breaking, introspective, self-told narrative, similar to Alfie or Deadpool? Or is it a hard copy, uh, in-your-face, rapid-fire presentation of the quote-unquote evidence? Is it a tale of woe? Is it told as a cautionary tale of what path not to follow? Or is it a redemption story of how one man overcame his personal demons and became a shining beacon of hope and humility, throwing up emoji? That's fucking funny. Um, and this is a, this is actually a great question. So um, I think it depends largely on who would direct it. So if it was uh, if it was made by Spike Lee, uh, who I think would would probably jump at the chance to make this, it would be a little bit of, like a mix of the of the fourth wall breaking kind of thing and and the like in your face kind of thing. Like Spike Lee's latest film, at least to my knowledge, his latest film, the the Black Klansman. If you guys haven't seen that, fucking amazing movie uh, about a true story of a guy who was undercover with. Was F well not the FBI? I think just just the uh, as a detective anyway to to bring down the the Grand Wizard of the of the Ku Klux Klan, uh, but he was a black guy, and so they used um, another guy to be him, but he was the one on the on the phone um, having the conversations. Um, if you haven't seen it, you you don't know what I'm talking about, but just go watch the movie. But then at the end. He then, and this is where the movie, like, if you were to stop the movie before this, it would have been like an A plus, but this sort of almost dropped into an A minus or maybe a B plus. He then uh, played like a like a five minute clip of like because because this took place in the seventies, right? So then he then played like a, a five minute or, or maybe ten minute like mon a montage of like current events and like like over the last couple of years, like since the Trump administration and like stuff with the, the Charlestown riots or uh, was it Charlestown? I, I'm probably getting that wrong, but it was, there was good people on both sides and like things like that. He then like, like threw the political stuff in your face. And I was like, okay, bro, pump the brakes. I don't, I don't need that. But, um, that kind of approach to it might be the kind of thing for, uh, for John Jones. Like if, if they were to take like, a cue from whoever made the promo for UFC 214, uh, the rematch with DC, Jones and DC, where they did the whole like like history of of how he became champion and then what happened after and the subsequent events and things like that, bro. That's the that's the guy. That's the ticket. That's what you want. That's what they need. Um, and as far as who would play him, like it's tough because he's such a unique individual. Not in, ter in terms of like um, his uh personality or, or whatever but also just his like stature because part of the story of john jones is how he's like taller and has more reach than anybody ever like the only person he's who's, who's uh on his level in terms of height is is gus and he i think reyes was maybe close i'm not sure um, but, the, but his reach was much longer than those guys. Like he's got 84 inch reach. So that's a, that's a big story of it. So I was just thinking about like people that could play him like Michael B. Jordan. Um, if it was, if this was like, um, 15 years ago, Jamie Foxx could play him maybe. Um, 
think people that have the the range and who are like in shape things like that like like motherfucking like again like 20 years ago Idris Elba would be a great contender uh fucking Chuatel Ijofer even uh bro he he did Red Belt the Mammoth movie and uh, the athletic MMA uh recently did like a uh, kind of a trip down, well, not a trip down memory lane, but just like a overview of like the best and worst of MMA movies. And I forgot about Red Belt, dude. I watched that when it came out because uh, Mamet makes some great movies. And Ma- uh, David Mamet is apparently like a jujitsu, uh, like, well, practitioner, but also like he's obsessed with it. So uh, they did a movie that Chu- Chuatel Il Geofer, probably pronouncing that wrong. But uh, he he was in it and uh, he did re- really well uh, at the jujitsu after only having a few months of training. So if you were to keep training, he he would be great. But but these guys are all not uh, tall enough. Like you would almost have to get like someone who is a professional athlete and just like teach them to act. But but I hate when they do that. I hate when they do that because that's taken away from people who who train their whole lives to be an actor and who it's in the fiber of their being. So it, it's kind of like uh you know give and take like it, it would be hard to make a john jones biopic for that reason it's like it's almost impossible but uh it's a great question and now in me answering it in saying that um i think mammoth might be the one to make it because actually red belt was sort of a terrible movie but the like the fighting was cool and certain aspects of what are cool there were just too many subplots and it wasn't long enough to flesh those subplots out and some some of them were really bad and you didn't really understand mma like just jujitsu so um you almost have to take a cue from like whoever made warrior and and then add like mammoth sort of greediness in there and uh and then you got the movie but the problem is who would play him like it's crazy shit is crazy <laughs> Uh, love that. But, uh, anyway, shout out to, to Sweet Potato for having the awesome question and, uh, for always, always bringing the fire. Um, even if this is going to be the last question. And now at last we have come to the Twitter forum. Uh, these are the questions that have been sent in from the lovely people of MMA Twitter. And, uh, let's get started. This first question is from Blake at Woolman7242. Love this guy. Um, go follow him. He says, I desperately need a haircut. Should I let my wife butcher it or just shave the dome and go back to boot camp style? Bro, you got to let the wife do it. You got to do it. First of all, this is a time when, like, fucking your appearance doesn't really matter. Like, we're not going to be seen by other people. Hopefully, you shouldn't be going out. You'll probably have time for it to go back before you need to. Uh, But just, like, let your wife do it because it's a story to tell. You be, like... Telling your kids, like, you know, you from years now, years from now, like, oh, what what happened during the great quarantine of, uh, or, you know, if you already have kids and you have grandkids, obviously, but, you know, telling your, your the rest of your line, what happened during the quarantine of 2020 with the coronavirus? You're like, well, uh, I, let, I let your mom or your grandma uh, cut my hair, and uh, here's a picture of it. Like, that would be a fucking great story. Uh, so, love that. This next question is from Trance LFC at LFC Trance. One of the OGs. Been listening to this podcast since pretty much the beginning. Love this guy. He says, if peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? <laughs> I don't think he smokes, but this definitely sounds like someone who is high. Especially the, the next question as well. Or at least I'm going to sound high answering it. Um, but I was thinking about like what would it be called 
it would be called like, I don't know, peanut juice or, or like peanut cum. That, that's gross, but what, what the fuck else? Like peanut butter, I can't, or like peanut hummus. Like, I don't know, like peanut butter to me is like the perfect name. Like it's, it's so part of it. Like I, it's, I, I can't think of peanut butter being called anything else. Like that's how I am with fucking soccer and football when like the Europeans that listen to this podcast are like oh it's called football yours is called hand egg I'm like stop my syntax is not computing this football is uh, fucking yoked out guys in pads tackling the shit out of each other running a ball and sometimes kicking it uh, across the field and soccer is people running around kicking a ball and flopping sometimes like my brain doesn't compute the difference or, or the not the difference I don't know, but uh, peanut butter is peanut butter. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a great question. I sound like a stoner idiot trying to answer. Uh, he says, what was the last thing you've forgotten? See, that's hard because you don't know what you don't know. Like, what's the last thing I've forgotten? I don't know because I forgot it. But um, I suppose I have been forgetting to exercise. My wife and I are going to go for a walk after this. Um, I'm definitely, I've definitely been forgetting to, um, brush up my Spanish that I wanted to do. I've definitely been forgetting to do all of that. But as I said earlier, sometimes I do remember and then I, you know, don't want to do it. So there's the introspection again. All right. This next one is from Exotic Mayhem at Fabian Gibb. Love this guy, formerly Man of Mayhem. Great guy. Um... He says, cast the Joe Exotic movie slash TV show using people from MMA Twitter. Dude, so I could go, like, if I really want to do this, I, w- I would have to spend, like, first of all, probably all day casting it. But if I really go into I would have to do all the sub roles as well. Like the fucking um, amputee or whatever. The guy with the legs and, and the, um, the, 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 the trans guy who, who cut off his hand. Um, like I would have to do all those parts, but I'm only going to do a few, few of the main players. Um, and keep in mind, so he's, he's saying cast the, like if they were to do a TV show, like a redoing of it. So this is not, I'm not saying like these people are necessarily like these people that they exhibit like certain characteristics. I'm just saying if you were to play them, you play that role, you know, act it. I think you could pull it off. Um, so the first the first one I, that came to mind was uh, Carol Baskin. And I was thinking about who could do this. And I, I remembered a tweet from Ashley the MMA nerd uh, that was after the John Jones thing that I said would come up later where um, he put hands and allegedly like choked out a, a cocktail waitress or a stripper. I think it was a cocktail waitress at a strip club or, or whatever. Um, and I think she had shared it and, and said like, I mean who hasn't choked a stripper, am I right? Or something like that. And I was just like, dude, you need that kind of like uninhibited, like uh, I'm doing the right thing, but also like not giving a fuck kind of aspect to play Carol Paskin. And uh, that's Soul Twin, Ashley M. Maynard. Um, Joe, so Joe Exotic, uh, you got to have a sweet-ass mullet. There's nothing that I hate more than fake mullets. If you're going to do a mullet, like a mullet wig is, is, is not good. Like if you're going to do a mullet, commit to a mullet and you got to grow it out. You got to do it right. And, uh, the best mullet on MMA Twitter is transracial angel. And that's it. 
that, that's that's it. The end of story. He's the guy. Got a sweet mustache too. You need a sweet mustache to play Joe Exotic. So, so that's it. Transracial Angel. Shout out to that guy. Um, Jeff Lowe. Now this is a hard one actually because Jeff Lowe is a bit of a sociopath. Um, and I'm not saying this person is a sociopath, but that's sort of what I was initially thinking when I was was trying to cast it. And I was like, who could pull that off? But also, this Jeff Lowe is also like a millionaire and a swinger, uh, or at least we think he's a millionaire. He may or may not be a millionaire. We we don't know how much wealth he actually has, but he, he definitely is an entrepreneur. He owns a bunch of businesses, and he's a swinger. And uh, not that this person is a swinger, but I think they could pull off that vibe. Uh, and that's, I say do a lot. So I think he can play that. Again, not saying you're a sociopath, not saying you're a swinger, but uh, I think you could you could pull that off. And um, so Doc Antle uh, is the next guy to cast. And uh, I thought about this for a while. So I thought about, actually, I thought about Fuck Yugi. Shout out to Fuck Yugi just because um, I enjoy his tweets about his uh, various exploits. And uh, that's the kind of thing that Doc Antle would like to, to do as well. So I think he, he could pull that off. But then I was also thinking, you know, I do, I have had a conversation recently with someone who, because I think Doc Antle is probably one of the worst guys on there. Um and this person was saying, like, no, he's actually not a bad guy. Listen to this other interview. I'm like, what? So you didn't play, like, when you're an actor, you can't, like, judge the character. You can't, like, if you're playing a villain, you have to humanize him in a way. Because the villain doesn't think they're the villain. And so, unless it's a fucking Disney movie and they're like, they know it's, like, good versus evil. And they're like, Mah. But most, like, a good villain thinks they're just, thinks they're doing the right thing. And they've deluded themselves into thinking they're the hero of their own story. And you know what? To do that, you have to... Um, it has to be that guy. So I'm going to, I'm going to shout out Gator at Cody Labney. Well, it's Cody L. Abney, but it's Cody Labney. If you're looking him up on Twitter, um, shout out to, to, to you. I hope you're, uh, hope you're healthy. Uh, love you. And, uh, Doc Antle for some reason <laughs> is, uh, is a guy that he, he thinks is a cool guy. So, uh, he should play Doc Antle. And then that's kind of the major players that I wanted to cast. But then I was like, you know what? I need to put myself in this. How, where do I fit into this? <laughs> Because, duh, I'm an actor. Uh, and then I started thinking about, you know what? There's one guy who I don't identify with at all. Uh, but I, I initially thought he might be one of the good guys until I figured out he's not a good guy. But, um, well, actually, there's two. Because the one good guy, actually, of the whole thing is the campaign manager. And that's something I could play. Uh, that I do sort of identify with a little bit, actually. Um with, with with some of the things he talked about, I was like, dude, that's that's probably how I would react in this situation. Like, what, whatever the fuck. Um, but that's not who I would do. Although, do I look like him? Some people might think that. I, I don't know. That's probably terrible. But in terms of like certain aspects, who I think I could actually play, <laughs> the fucking the guy at the very beginning, and he well, he's in more aspects than just the beginning. But it's the guy who was the hired to 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 produce his show. Rick Kirkham is the guy's name was a former like reporter for CNN or Dateline or, or I think it was Dateline one of those uh who was the one fucked up enough to like keep the show running <laughs> and that's me dude I'm the guy that's fucked up enough to keep this show running so uh that's that's where I fit into everything so wow great question man of mayhem or exotic mayhem I'm sorry 
Although it's, so, it's funny to me because you were trying to say that you didn't want to be Man of Mayhem anymore, like Man of something else, but you changed to Exotic, so you didn't, like, I would think it would be Exotic Man, but I could see the Exotic Mayhem, so people would still know it's him, Man of Mayhem. Anyway, love that guy. Go follow him at Fabian Gibb. Oh, and I shouted out MMA Catfish earlier. I wasn't sure if that was the name of the ad because he fucking puts his name as Bad Barbie 69 for some reason. But MMA Catfish is the handle. So it's at MMA Catfish if you want to search for him. Uh, oh, next question is from Fraser at Fuzz LCFC. Great guy. I love this guy actually because um, he is from the UK. And then moved to Australia, I believe, or, or maybe it's vice versa, but I think that's right. And those are two of my favorite uh, places in MMA Twitter. Like the people that are from there are my favorite people. So shout out to this guy for being being part of both. And he says, the UFC has never held an event in Africa. If or when it does, where should it be held? In my mind, there's only one place. And it would have to be, uh, like if they don't do it here, in my opinion, it's a miss. But also like if they have a good reason, like not enough like it's not a good venue or things like that, I would understand. But in my opinion, the 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 country that has the most representation in Africa from people in the UFC is Nigeria. You've got Stylebender, Israel Adesanya. You've got Kamaru Usman. You've got, um, I believe, Sadiq Youssef. Um, uh, I and I and if I'm correct, I think Jimmy Manuel also has ties to Nigeria. Um, I'm, miss, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing some as well, but uh, that probably has the most representation. And then obviously, uh, Francis Ngannou is from Cameroon, and uh, Cyril Gann. Uh, well, no, he's he's from Fr just from France. He met him in France, so I'm I'm going crazy on that one. But uh, yeah, there's there's uh, there's probably more representation in Nigeria than any other country, and that has to be the one. Although. If they were to do it, like, for example, like in South Africa, because that's more like, like Johannesburg is a, is a very much like a mainstream, like city. Um, I would get that. That would make sense. And that it's more English speaking as well, I believe, like compared to the other countries. So that would make sense to me. This next question is from Mixed Marshall Mav. And this is actually the last question. It's at Mav Gore. Go follow him. And it says, if you were a rapper who also happened to be a cat, what would your name be? And he says his, his would be Lita Trey, like L-I-T-T-A-T-R-E with an accent over the E, dude. <laughs> Lita Trey. Uh, I was thinking about this. Might be uh, Lil Paws, probably. <laughs> Lil Paws. Fucking A. Great question. Great way to end the forum. Love that. So... Since we got uh, nothing else to look forward to in terms of actual events going on next week, this also wraps up the show. Uh, but I do uh, maintain hope that um, that we can do uh, the interview with my my ref buddy uh, next week. And if not, um, probably gonna get another guest. So stay tuned for that. Stay tuned for for some guest. Stay tuned for I don't know any content because I'm gonna keep making it. Not, not that I'm saying take what you can get, but I'm just saying I want to keep us entertained. I want to keep us in the community. Um, I want to keep putting up content to distract us all from this terrible 
situation that's going on in the world. So uh, thank you everyone again for, for loving and supporting me and I love and support you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at FWM underscore pod. Not enough follows on Instagram. Definitely fix that. If you have an Instagram and you haven't followed me on, on uh, Instagram yet at FWM pod or FWM underscore pod, fix that. Okay. Um, you can follow my personal socials at Aaronish Jackson. Uh, that's where I spend more time tweeting. Uh, and on the timeline is on that account. Um, except for when I have like a spicy hot MMA take, sometimes I'll dip over to the FWM account and just fire one off just to stir up some shit, you know? Um, but uh, seriously, you guys are the best. Uh, keep keep continuing to to promote uh, you know positivity in the community. And uh, whenever people uh, tweet about the podcast, it makes me happy. So uh, love you guys and and support all the other podcasts that are going on as well that are putting out content uh, in this time. I know Steffi Haynes just started uh, Crooklyn's Corner. Some great episodes with Philippe Nover and uh, DC. Uh, just dropped one with Aljo as well that uh, I need to check out. Great stuff from her. Combat Sports with Rhinos pushing stuff out. Uh, the Wocast, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, Split Podcast has an episode. I don't know if they're going to continue to make more. But uh, keep keep supporting everybody. I'm sure I'm leaving people out. I'm, I'm just trying to think of people who have made an episode recently. Lat B. Love the stuff from Lat B. So, yeah, love, love everybody and support everybody.